Are you looking for the raw truth about the U.S. healthcare system? Medical practice manager, owner, entrepreneur, and author James Egidio, with 23 plus years in the medical field, educates and informs his listeners about the changes, trends, and truth about the United States healthcare system. James interviews medical experts in various fields of the healthcare industry doctors, nurses, medical specialists, scientists, and professors that discuss the state of the U.S. healthcare system today, tomorrow, and in the future. Hi, I'm James Egidio, your host of the Medical Truth Podcast, the podcast that tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the American healthcare system. My guest is a practicing internal medicine physician in the state of Washington. She is a certified chelation practitioner through ACAMS, which is Certified Chelation Therapy, the gold standard for chelation certification. She has a diligent substack author. I'm pleased to have on the Medical Truth Podcast, Dr. Anna Maria Mahelka. Mahelcha. Hi, Dr. Mahelcha. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, James, for having me. So I just wanted to dive into some questions I had because I've been diligently reading a lot of your content, a lot of good content on your Substack, and I'll even post that on the medicaltruthpodcast.com. And that is with the vaccines, because I want to get into vaccines and talk about detoxifying from the vaccine or vaccines in general, dangerous vaccines that is. And what are some of the dangerous byproducts found in these vaccines for the listeners and viewers that they need to be aware of? And what kind of side effects are these causing? So first of all, I do not call them vaccines because they are not. They are bioweapons. Good. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm glad and you said it. In regards to the investigation of what's in the vials, because this is a military program, and this falls under the Department of Defense. Many of the vial contents are undisclosed. And because it's a military prototype, we are not allowed to investigate the contents. So I was part of an international team that did this outside of the country. And we found there were 26 teams worldwide who looked at the vial contents and they found a lot of metals, very toxic metals, aluminum, things like gadolinium, even cesium, which can be radioactive, and many other metals, which has been also, by the way, found as undisclosed ingredients of most other vaccines that are promoted out there. So in 2017, World-renowned nanopathologist Antonetta Gatti published a paper where she investigated 44 childhood vaccines, and they all had metal contamination, including steel, tungsten, silver, gold, titanium, all kinds of metals. So this is, if it is part of every single shot that people call vaccines, that's no longer an incidental finding. So the other thing that was found was um, self-assembly technology. 
And so the lipid nanoparticles, they are part of a delivery system, which is also called hydrogel. So polyethylene glycol, which is in the Pfizer vial, as well as SM102, which is in Moderna, they can develop something called programmable matter and that can, can grow in the body. Hydrogel is something that's used in medical, for example, as something that causes blood clotting or hemostasis. So it's, it's very complex because a lot of the information that we've been told, we found different things. There are people who looked at the vials. There was no mRNA in them. Dr. Daniel Lagaz looked at them. There was no phosphorus and nitrogen, which is every molecule of life, including DNA and RNA, has this building block. So other people have also found similar findings. Steve Kirsch looked at the vials. There was no mRNA in there. So then that makes the narrative a little bit challenging. And so this is why, from a perspective of detoxification, I am suggesting that we should broaden our perspective. And in addition to addressing things like the spike protein, we should consider heavy metal detoxification, as well as the detoxification of these products like hydrogel that I've also now found in the food supply, including meat products. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that too. But my question on that is the mRNA, right? The technology that they allude to in these vaccines, or I call it gene therapy or bioweapons is what I call them too as well. They um, are producing the spikes, right? If there is mRNA, then they supposedly are producing the spikes. The European Medicine Agency pointed out that Pfizer never tested what were the actual products that the the vaccines were producing. And this was done later. And the spike protein has 160 Daltons. And in animal studies, all kinds of proteins were produced, but none of them were 160 Daltons. Then in 2020, uh, Francis Collins from the NIH published an article that discussed that quantum dot technology and nanocrystals, that they actually can mimic a virus, the coronavirus, and that you would get an antibody response as if there was a virus and they were using it in studies. And so they can use artificial intelligent nanotechnology to mimic pathogens. And so this is what I've been wondering, wait a minute, if there is no mRNA in many vials, then what other ways are there to modify humans? And this is with nanotechnology and synthetic biology. Yeah, yeah. Because I personally believe there's a link between the 5G, these vaccines, and the nanoparticles, quantum dot tattoos have been studied in, I believe it's North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, where they were doing studies on quantum tattoos and luciferian dye for vaccine passports. So in other words, putting like a quantum tattoo underneath the skin, and they can use that to basically track your vaccine records and a lot of other stuff. I just think we're going into a basically what we would call, and you may agree or disagree, a brave new world with this whole thing. And this is not conspiracy theory. They'd call people like me or you or anybody else conspiracy theories. And this stuff's happening right before our eyes, right? 
So we cannot be conspiracy theorists when the World Economic Forum and their spokesperson like Juval Harari hide what they're planning to do, which is to create automatons. They, right. He said things like that the spirit and the soul of the humans is a thing of the past and that right. basically total control and depopulation is part of their agenda. So, so th- that's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. People need to just do their research and look at this. Right. So the thing is that clearly Karen Kingston has done phenomenal work in also getting the patent research that corroborates really what we've been finding in terms of these optical fiber, we call them hydrogel graphene filaments that are also are producing these microchips. Dr. David Nixon, who's in our group, has clearly shown that these chips are what are emitting these Bluetooth AC signal. I think that a lot of this conspiracy has been very well documented. If you look at Comosav, which is a group of scientists from Mexico, they went, for example, on cemeteries and looked at the emission of vaccinated people that was still coming out of the grave. So this is a very high-tech science for certain. The ingredients that you mentioned, luciferase, everybody knows that's part of an enzyme that's actually used for this technology. So there isn't that much of a of a mystery, really, in the new FOIA documents regarding Pfizer. It was clearly written that graphene oxide is being used, even though people are still denying this. And so I think in regards to your question to the detoxification protocol. This is where I said, hey, we need to include other things to look at these ingredients. For example, toxic metals, by the way, and this is corroborated or discussed by Mark Steele, the weapons expert, in military contexts have been used for facial reconnaissance and satellite identification of people. It's less solemn discussed that even in 2006, the military had the ability just by the metal content that's been sprayed via geoengineering upon people to identify who is vaccinated and who isn't because wow. the shots contain so much metals. Right. What I suggest, because I'm a certified chelation practitioner and I've been working on detoxification, detoxifying people for years, I've had a very unique opportunity to see what is happening in patient population. And definitely certain metal contacts have gone up. I used to not see uranium, now see a whole lot of it. And this idea that these toxic metals on a nanoscale, they are Number one, an ingredient for the hydrogel because they determine the electrical properties on what kind of electronic devices they are creating in the body. So when we're pulling this out, then basically we are also decreasing the toxicity of these nanometals because nanoscale metals are way more toxic than microscale. And even aluminum, it's well known that's a neurotoxin. We know about mercury. We know about the links of neurodegenerative disease and autism, but there's also an inflammatory process that occurs in the body that causes accelerated aging. So when you're pulling these metals out, that is very helpful. The reason why I am advocating for the EDTA as a very important cornerstone is, so what we started seeing so we looked at the bile content and there were these, these filamental structures that developed and they developed under the influence of EMF. 
So the more exposure to EMF towards the drop of Pfizer content under the microscope, the more these structures and, and microchips were growing. If we shielded it via Faraday cage, they weren't growing. So the concern is that there is an external influence that makes this stuff grow in the blood. And we do something called live blood analysis. So a lot of allopathic physicians, they poo this, but they're actually missing out on really seeing what's going on with humanity. So live blood analysis means you take just a finger prick of somebody's blood, you immediately look at it under the microscope, and you can see the viability of the blood. Is it forming what's called clumping or rouleau formation? Is the microclotting? And what we started to see after the injection rollout was that initially in the vaccinated, there were some very abnormal structures that were huge in the blood. And they were provoking this, what's called low formation, stacking of the red blood cells, which doesn't allow the oxygen to be delivered to the tissue. And so then we started seeing it in the unvaccinated. And I have for a long time been ringing the alarm balance saying shedding is real. We are being affected by the vaccinated and they are transmitting something to the unvaccinated. So initially I was seeing people getting sick, unvaccinated, getting blood clots when they were around vaccinated people, women starting to hemorrhage, even if they were postmenopausal, all kinds of disease states, people are very affected. And so then after I, I started this live blood analysis, I saw that all of these people had the same structures in the blood that were also seen to develop under the microscope and when in analyzing the Pfizer vial contents. And it turns out that this hydrogel, as well as graphene and the metals, can be detoxified with EDTA. Hmm. And I have people flying all over the place to my clinic, and I look at their blood. It's completely contaminated. They're in very bad shape. They have anxiety. They have palpitation, extreme fatigue. They can't function. They can't sit still. And we look at the blood, and it looks like mush. It's almost not recognizable as normal blood. These long filamental plastic like ribbons. Let me ask you, is that, hold your thought for a minute. Is that, those are vaccinated people that you're encountering? Unvaccinated, vaccinated who have symptoms of what's been called long COVID. I was going to ask you that. That was my Long next question. COVID is really a misnomer in the sense, because I've looked at people right after they had acute proven COVID, and I found these ribbon-like structures. I've looked at people long COVID. I've looked at people who were concerned about shedding, and the ribbons are everywhere. They're now in every one. We've also found the same stuff in rainwater. It's being sprayed on us. The same structures that we found in the Pfizer vials, we also found now in the meat. And so this is nanotechnology and synthetic biology, and it's affecting all of life. And as part of the transhumanist agenda, this is what they told us that they were going to do, to digitize and transform every cell, every microbe, every organism on Earth, and create something that is part biology and part synthetic biology and artificial intelligence. When you need a prescription filled immediately, go to quickrxrefill.com for an online doctor consultation and prescription. Whether you left your prescription at home while traveling, are in between doctors, or just simply ran out of your medication, visit quickrxrefill.com now. 
consult with a U.S. licensed physician online and within minutes, get your prescription filled at your local pharmacy. It's that quick and it's that easy. Plus, not only is QuickRxRefill.com safe and secure, they're private and affordable with a 100% money-back guarantee. And they understand how important getting regular medication on time is to staying healthy, especially if you have a chronic condition. Visit QuickRxRefill.com now to sign up and talk to a doctor within minutes. That's QuickRxRefill.com. Let me ask you, because you brought up a lot of good points and a lot of questions that I was going to ask you. So you talked about, because I think this is like a multi-layered issue with geoengineering. Dane Wigington is doing a phenomenal job of bringing that to the forefront and bringing awareness. He's been doing it for a long time. And all you have to do is look up in the sky. Before I relocated here to Florida, I was living in Vegas for many years, 52 years. But there'd be days where it was clear, right? A clear day, beautiful, low humidity because it's a very arid climate. And you'd start seeing jet streams, chemtrails over the valley in a crisscross pattern. And if those were contrails from condensation, they would dissipate like they always do. But these would spread out. And on a beautiful, clear day, by the end of the day, it would be a real balmy, just a dark day. And I'd start feeling fatigued. And you can tell that those were not contrails. Those were chemtrails. So my question is, do you think that there's a tie between geoengineering and 5G and these vaccines and all this stuff? Is this stuff all tied together for transhumanism? Yes, because we're really in the final stages of the transhumanist attack and transformation of humanity. This has started decades ago. This is why I started working with Clifford Carnicum, because he looked into synthetic biology, which was at that time called Morgellons disease, and evaluated this 30 years ago. And so clearly there are very significant similarities between this cross-domain bacteria that that is called Morgellons, as well as what we're now seeing developing in the blood. And also what is really this full spectrum dominance of the earth, which Ilana Freeland so eloquently described in her book, Transhumanist Geoengineering. And so it, it's just really discussing that everything is connected. So you need 5G in order to hook up and transfer our information, human information into the cloud, because that's what they want. They wanted transformation into what's called the metaverse. So we're no longer are engaging in real life, but we're somewhere in a 15 minute city. We are chipped, we are ID'd and all of our reality is just virtual. And we are very rapidly approaching this. And so in regards to this entire transformation of our biosphere, absolutely I think that it's all related. If you think about that, the metals that are being sprayed that have been looked at via atmospheric analysis, so aluminum, barium, strontium, those metals were also found in the filaments of what's called cross-domain bacteria or environmental filaments. And the same metals, if you look, for example, at Mike Adams' analysis of the cadaver vax 
clots, which are not blood. He clearly identified this as a carbon-based polymer, plastic, like hydrogel, with metals that's combustible. And so this is what is basically this technological assault is what we're dealing with. And the problem with people saying, oh, it's just a virus. It's just mRNA making a spike protein. And the world isn't ready to hear about nanotechnology. That is such a lie. And the people even in the freedom movement who are putting this forward and suppressing this information about graphene oxide and the nanotechnology, they're doing a grave disservice to humanity because if you do not decontaminate the stuff grows clearly we've done studies with cofercarnicum we looked at unvaccinated blood and applied a low level electrical current and these fibers grew in two hours and so i am very concerned that we may be facing here and observing an extinction level event in humanity and that everyone needs to wake up yes it sounds surreal it sounds horrific that our governments would plot to kill us, but they told us they would do it. If you look at the Georgia Guidestone, they want only 500 millions of us to survive. That means that seven and a half billion of us are still have a target on their back. Yeah. Yeah. Gates talks about that. He talks about depopulating. They're telling us this stuff and it's not like they're hiding it anymore. So I don't know what it's going to take for a lot of people, but I guess the question is, and it's so overwhelming, all this stuff is overwhelming, but it's real. What do you suggest to someone who's out there to, I guess there's no way of avoiding any of this, right? So at this point, you cannot avoid the nanotechnology. It is in the food supply because imagine all the corn and all the wheat that it has been sprayed. So there, this is why, for example, baby food cereal, I mean, it's 95% is contaminated with all of these metals. The metals themselves are aspects of this nanotechnology. So what to do is this is really what we need to look at. Number one, I believe that every human being needs to stand up and say enough. They need to protest their governments and they need to stand up. You cannot say, hey, I just want to keep my paycheck and feed the beast to work in the regular healthcare system. Be afraid you're going to lose your license. You're going to get killed because you're on the hit list. So people need to stand up and they need to inform themselves. And instead of sticking their head in the sand, they need to learn about this stuff. Next, you should get out of the cities. Be away from your cell phones. Your cell phones and 5G is a weapon. You can get a signal that comes through your cell phone. And if the stuff is in your body, it can be accelerated. The next thing is endeavor to grow your own food in something like a greenhouse so that it is protected from the spraying of the chemtrails. Grow your own food in your own soil. I don't care if you have a little plot of something on your balcony. Do it. The next thing is be aware that also the meat supply, the animals, they don't even have to inject them, even though we found these kinds of structures in all injectables, like Inda Columna has shown that other researchers have shown that medical supplies are contaminated. So if you are somewhere like in the United States, look for a chelation practitioner. The oral route, I don't recommend. The transdermal route doesn't give enough of a dosage to be able to detoxify. The IV route in two IVs, you can clean up the blood substantially. It is very effective. 
The next thing is make noise, start spreading this stuff that what the people are doing, even in the freedom movement, by suppressing the discussion and the coming forth of the information, they're doing a disservice because there isn't enough research being done. People are yeah. criticizing me all the time. I'm just a doctor. And on the weekend, I do my research. Let other people who have, have the know-how uh, and many scientists need to work together because we're talking about nanorobotics, nanotechnology. This is complex stuff, quantum biology, magnetobiology, yeah. and be, become proactive. And then nutritionally, you have to support yourself as best as you can to enhance your immune system so that it can withstand the assault. High-dose vitamin C, ascorbic acid, chelates metal. It binds to them. It's also an electron donor. One of the things that we found was that the electrical conductivity of blood has decreased by up to 50% in vaccinated and unvaccinated. city is the life force. Mm -hmm. So you have to take in molecules that restore that electricity. And so ascorbic acid is really easy. 500 milligrams will do nothing. Chris Pauling recommended dosages right. in the, the 10,000 range. Yeah. Same thing with other nutrients. Things like natokinus, lumbarkinus, plasmanex will dissolve the little microclots that develop because of the level of acidity and the fibrin and fibrinogen coagulation. So that's an important thing. I use humic and fulvic acid, nitric oxide replacement. So there's a number of things that can be done that are not th that hard, but I think that they need to be done and people need to be aware. Yeah, yeah. Even magnesium, Doc. Absolutely. Magnesium, yeah. your selenium, your zinc, yeah. mm -hmm. copper is very important for your neurological health. Dr. David Nixon did uh, some evaluations with colloidal gold and just held the colloidal gold close under the microscope and they disappeared. There's definitely other things and minerals that have beneficial effects. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Dr. James Greenblatt and he has, has dedicated his life as a psychiatrist to treating children with magnesium for ADHD. And then getting back to the vaccines, this whole thing with vaccines, I interviewed Dr. Paul Thomas. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he was a pediatrician who had patients that were vaccinated in the past. And he noticed a lot of strange events occurring with a lot of patients who were getting the R vaccines with autism. So he says, I'm going to basically get away from the vaccines. I'll do a study. I'll bring a numbers guy. And the guy was a neonatologist, one of his friends. He did a comparative study for the vaccinated versus unvaccinated as far as childhood illnesses, found that the unvaccinated were healthier than the vaccinated, presented the information and numbers after doing a two-year study, I believe, to the CDC and to the Oregon Board of Medicine. And what did they do? They took his license away. So Again, any physician that is going away from the fray and not conforming to what hospitals want or what the boards want, they're going after physicians. They're going yes, after physicians. Absolutely. And, so this and, is obvious. It's an ob obvious issue that's occurring right now. It's not something that's being made up. And we're not conspiracy theorists, obviously. Yes, and I think that what is important, I get that doctors are afraid of losing their license yes. and their livelihood. In the Nazi era, people didn't do enough, and then there was the Holocaust. 
Right. We are now in a phase where what is about to transpire will be in magnitude much worse than the Holocaust. The mortality rates right now, they're suppressed in regards to the information. And how many people have already died is just mind-boggling. But the issue is that they made this mechanism in a way so that not everybody would die right at once. So there are dying of accelerated aging and chronic disease. And literally, I have seen people who age by what seemed like 30 years on objective functional brain testing in a month after being hit with what they called COVID, which is clearly a poisonous bioweapon as well. So my thought about this is that that in the coming couple of years, we will see just horrendous things. And already we have children dying, falling over with cardiac arrest in, in high schools. And, yeah. and so I believe that it is time to no longer feed the beast. The medical system that killed people with remdesivir, that killed people with intubation, and the doctors who got huge bonuses to basically inject people with this mRNA, there is a judgment coming one way or the other for this. And it's very late in the game, but I think that people need to stand up and because other, otherwise we will not have a humanity. We will not have a planet because yeah. it just, it cannot withstand this assault and it will get worse. And so this is why I'm out here speaking. I'm aware of the dangers, and sure. but I do think that there will not be a next generation if we don't stop this. I agree. I really appreciate you being so courageous. I've been following you on Substack, Karen Kingston, Dr. Peter McCullough. There's a lot of physicians that have been really coming forth on this. And it's spiritual warfare is what this is. This is good versus evil. And it's only going to get worse before it gets better. It's called cognitive dissonance, where people are just burying their head in the sand. They don't want to believe it. They have their heads buried in in their phones and their 5G machines. Getting back to the food sources, because I read one of your articles on Substack about nanotech particulates of this nanotech in food and grocery store meat. My question to that is when, let's say someone goes to the grocery store, they buy meat, which I believe you had mentioned in taking samples or someone took samples of meat and brought them back and tested them. Um, Do these denature with heat? these nanoparticles or do they withstand the heat that it takes to cook a piece of meat, let's say? So hydrogel is extremely resistant. So it's basically a polymer plastic. It's almost indestructible. So for example, they've done studies in medicine where they used hydrogel to, they punctured a hole in a heart of a study animal. And then they increased the blood pressure and it could withstand pressures of 280 millimeters of mercury, which normal blood pressure is like 120. That's a phenomenal pressure. And same with temperatures. So it is literally, you can think of it like a plastic. No, you cannot denature it with heat. You cannot uh, that. So this is why the find of the patent that said that EDTA can be an antidote for hydrogel by undoing the cross-linking as well as pulling out the metals as well as carbon nanotube, which is what they call graphene, was such a huge finding. And clearly it is able to clean the blood as I have shown on my subsect before and after images 
changes. The, the evidence is stunning. We don't know what is going on the nano level. And again, because we're all breathing, we're all eating, we're continuously bombarded with this. So unfortunately, the detoxification has to go on. But as far as I know, no, these types of pegylated lipids or it can be polyvinyl alcohol, which was the Morgellons disease. We don't know if what I, when I went to the grocery stores and I bought all these different meats and then looked at the meat, it was clearly the same structure that I also saw in live blood. And then my colleague, Dr. David Nixon, also went to the grocery store in Australia, did the same analysis. And he actually was able to put some images together of structures that grew out of the Pfizer vial and what he found in the blood of the beef. And it was absolutely identical. So I think that uh, this is a true issue. And my concern is a lot of people are now getting worried about mRNA being rolled out into the food supply and to cows and porks. But really the issue is that the hydrogel was already in the flu vaccine a couple of years ago. It's another vaccine. So baby chicks, when they're born, they're being vaccinated with inhaled nasal shots. And if this hydrogel is in there, which by the way, we found in local anesthetics, we found in insulin, we found in other vaccines like Prevnar and all these kinds of things, they all use hydrogel. And Todd Callender has spoken about that, that it's literally everywhere. And so we don't know where it's coming from. Could be that the cow is breathing outside and will spray their chemtrails. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the symptoms that someone would experience with this? Because for the average person that's out there listening to this podcast episode, they're probably not really paying too much attention unless they're going to present with certain symptoms. What would those symptoms be? So the symptoms can be some people feel nothing. Other people have unusual fatigue. Some people have blood pressure issues. Just a lot of people present with unusual dizziness. They feel restless. I see people who get anxiety and depression, which is what's called long COVID or brain fog, cognitive dysfunction. But again, I don't think that it's really long COVID from some virus particle, but it's an intoxication by this filament structure that also may or may have graphene and metals in them. And so the structures can be just feeling like you're suddenly aging, things hurting. Uh, some people just f- don't feel like themselves. They can't sl- sit still. They can't sleep at night. They can't fall asleep. They're, they can't remember people's names. I've had teachers in their 30s who are always great at math and physics, and they couldn't remember how to do a calculation. Some people are word-finding difficulties. It almost looks like a dementia-like picture if it affects your brain, but the people are way too young. They're like 20 and 30 years old. It can be very broad, but a lot of gut issues. All of a sudden, people get diarrhea. They feel bloated. They can't digest things. So every aspect of the body can be affected. And when we look at the blood, then these structures are there, and there's this rollo formation. Yeah. Have you heard, what are hot lots? Have you heard anything about hot lots? So hot lots, this was the work of How Bad Is My Batch, Sasha Latipova. So these were certain batches that were affiliated with extreme mortality as well as adverse effects. The issue, some people are saying that some vials just had saline. I don't buy that for a second. And the reason is that, again, in this agenda of depopulation, they couldn't kill everybody at once. Some people right. have this stuff in their body and it's completely silent. But then if you look 
at, for example, some of these athletes that are falling over dead. They had their shot a year ago, and then they didn't really have any symptoms. And a year later, they have a cardiac arrest, or they have, they're in the military and they die in their bunk beds. They're 18 years old. Or you have high school kids who get a cardiac arrest during an exam. We now have from Canada a lot of reports of young children dying during exercise. So clearly there is a mechanism here that's very concerning that can affect anybody. And these people didn't have any symptoms ahead of them dropping dead. Yeah. You don't think that possibly it's, is it possible, just possible that because this was under emergency use authorization, it freed the pharmaceutical companies from being able to have any liability shifted upon themselves that perhaps because there are hot lots and it's more or less a worldwide study is basically what it turns into that because there are a lot numbers allotted to each vial and it's distributed to different locations in on, on pallets that perhaps uh, there's like a control group with just saline and then it goes up into increments of different strengths and then they pretty much take a sit back and see what happens approach Some people have suggested that, but these shots were made to self-spread, okay? Shedding is real. This has been shown in scientific literature. So my thought is they injected two-thirds of the known world. Whether or not the lots had differences, they certainly did. But people commingled, the restrictions were released, and now everybody has this stuff in their blood. Okay. And I think that they met their goal. And this is why they were able to pull back and they let people intermingle. And now you have a controversy and a debate about whether or not shedding is real when people are clearly getting sick if they're around vaccinated people. I think that this is more like it. And I do not believe that there are people who are safe. I've said that over and over on national television and shedding is real. The unvaxxed are not safe. And I'm sounding the alarm. I have seen in unvaccinated people the same blood clots that occur in the vax, which are rubbery things. And I've posted that on my Substack. I've seen heart attacks in great numbers, strokes, blood clots that are extensive. I've seen turbo cancers in people whose partner was vaxxed, but they weren't. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they developed cancer. And within less than a year, they were on hospice. So this is something that I'm sounding the alarm on because I think there's disinformation about people. Number one, they don't want to look at the whole nanotechnology hydrogel issue. They don't want to look at shedding because it's too inconvenient to say, hey, there are so many people vaccinated. What should I do? And then they also don't want to see the bigger picture that all of this has been sprayed on us anyways. Yeah, I got to honestly tell you, I know three people that died from vaccinations, right? A 30-year-old who was healthy, had a cardiac event and just dropped dead in his bathroom. A healthy 50-year-old female who got cancer right away, a couple months, a few months after her vaccination. And a 65-year-old. I don't know anybody that died from COVID, but I do know three people that died who got the vaccination. And of course, I wasn't around them, but I knew them and they died from that vaccination. This is a real thing. This alarm that is being alerted is real. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you foresee in the future with all this, where this is all going to go? I foresee not good things. I think that the mortality rates are going up. As you might know, I've studied extensively 
biophysics and quantum potentials and type of physics that looks at vacuum engineering. And one of the things that's very interesting is there were, for example, Russian scientist Kazernev, who showed that if there was an organism that was dying, it was actually giving off a photon, a death signal. Imagine that all of humanity is linked through quantum potentials. We have a morphogenic field. And if all of a sudden you amplify the signal of death in this morphogenic field instead of life and health. So I think that there will be an acceleration. I think it's very dangerous to link all human beings via this this technology into the cloud because all you need is one signal for an extinction level. Again, this can be a phenomenal weapon. So people need to be aware of this. I believe that maybe when enough people have died, people will wake up. But I think that the mind control component of this is so strong because it affects the brain. We know that people have personality changes. We know that this stuff can work as a sending and receiver. People who are chronically fatigued who can't function, they cannot fight. So it's challenging. I think that we have very challenging times ahead. And all we can do is speak the truth. Hopefully enough people will get the courage because the problem that I always, I tell people, It's like, look, there are no bombs falling on us. You don't hear the sirens. You don't see the nuclear blast. But the nuclear bomb has been detonated. Oh, yeah. We are now seeing the fallout. And it's called nanotechnology. Absolutely. Absolutely. Doc, I really appreciate your time today on the Medical Truth Podcast. And I'd like to have you on again. I know you wrote a book. Uh, You want to share that with the viewers and listeners? The book is called... Go ahead. It's called Light Medicine, A New Paradigm, The Science of Light, Spirit, and Longevity. And I talked about how to actually look at science in a new and different way, how to anti-age a human body, and how to take into consideration our spiritual self, which is very important. I want to end on a note of hope. You know, what we can do is when we speak truth, when we respect each other, when we come from a place of love, when we value life and do what we can to preserve it, we are contributing on a conscious level to help this fight. And I think that is very important. There's always hope, but sometimes you have to look at the truth before uh, things can change. You have to reveal what's wrong so that it can be fixed and that people and scientists can come together and look at for solutions. If I thought there was no solution, I wouldn't be out here and working all the time to try and figure things out. I believe there are. But I think that people need to have the courage to speak about this subject. Yeah. I think one of the saddest things thinking about what you're saying is that when this whole COVID thing broke, and I've been around the medical industry my entire life up until 2020, when I shut them down, walked away, is that it's just, we're going in a place where we took a medical event, right? And we politicized it and it was used on both sides. I'm not even blaming any one party because both parties use it to their advantage or to the disadvantage of the people. And the people were the ones that took the brunt of it. And there's good people like yourself who are courageous that come out, Dr. Peter McCullough, the frontline doctors, all these people that came out and tried to sound the alarm who had a lot to jeopardize with their jobs and their passion for practicing medicine. And this is what happens. And people 
are still running around wearing masks and still looking for their boosters. And it's really sad that they get that information from these media outlets that have no medical experience, never saw a patient in their life. And I just really appreciate what you're doing and putting the word out there. I really do. Keep up Thank the good you. work. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Doc. Thank you for listening to the Medical Truth Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast at www.medicaltruthpodcast.com so you don't miss any future episodes and share with family and friends to keep them informed as well. Until next time.